earthly man. What a blessing to be in God's house tonight and to be able to feel the touch of God upon our lives. There's nothing that is uh, more precious to me than that touch of God's hand. Amen. And I am thankful tonight that I am in a place that believes that God is still on the throne. Amen. Anybody here tonight believe that with me? God is still on the throne. Amen. If you have your Bibles and would turn with me, I am going to direct your attention to the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis for a reference point tonight. I actually could read also from Genesis chapter 11. And when you get there, you will find something quite strange. Uh, how inspiration could come from such a setting, but it does. Genesis chapter 5, for the sake of time, I'm not going to uh, read the entire chapter, but I need to. And this is what it reads in verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Adam lived a hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were eight hundred years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years, and he died. And Seth lived a hundred and fifty years and begat Enos. And Seth lived after he had begat Enos eight hundred and seven years and begat sons and daughters. All the days of Seth were nine hundred and twelve years and he died. And Enos lived ninety years and begat Canaan. And Enos lived after he had begat Canaan. 815 years and begat sons and daughters. Anybody getting the drift of, of... This is that portion of the Scripture that you always skip over in your Bible reading. That's why it's not familiar to most of us. You never heard this before. And so it goes on to name the generations that came after Adam. Seth... Enosh, Canaan, uh, Mahaliel, and so forth. Jared, and Enoch, and Methuselah, and Lamech, and Noah, and Seth. And you have, or Shem, Ham, and Japheth is how the, the scripture concludes. But in this particular setting is one of the most powerful principles and truths that you're going to find anywhere in the Word of God. And I want to hopefully share that with you tonight. God bless you. You may be seated. 
All of the Bible to me is more than just a book. It is a great mystery. It is a wonderful, wonderful source of inspiration and help. I don't know about you, but I do enjoy reading the Word of God. And there are certain portions of Scripture that I enjoy reading more than others. This is not one of my favorite portions of Scripture, or it wasn't until recently, until I became aware of all that it speaks. And when I began to read that and began to be aware of it, then it made me want to go back and start digging in some other areas of Scripture that seem to be uh, monotonous and uh, boring and the part that we like to forget. To the casual reader, Genesis 5 and Genesis 11 is nothing more than a genealogy of Adam and those who came after him. And for most people, it is monotonous and it is easily forgotten because most of us can't even pronounce the names and uh, most of us very quietly read those names because we didn't know how to pronounce them. I am often intrigued by the depth of Scripture. And I am uh, I, I'm always searching for that little something that nobody pays attention to. And, and uh, it's just part of my uh, nature or part of my desire when I read Scripture. I want to read more than just the Scripture. I want to I know what God is saying from that particular portion. Recent years, there has been a, an explosion of interest in Bible codes. As a matter of fact, if you were to go uh, Google tonight and just type in Bible codes, you would find numerous books that have been written concerning these codes or these hidden mysteries that have been found or discovered in Scripture. Many of them are typed to numbers and and so forth. Some of them are uh, are unbelievable, perhaps. But needless to say, they underscore the depth of Scripture. When you read the Song of Solomon, you read one of the deep mysteries about uh, the relationship between a man and a woman, and it is actually a, a a picture of what marriage ought to be and how men. And women ought to interact as husband and wife. And in Solomon's writing of Proverbs, there are many things that are written there that have great depth of meaning. One of the New Testament portions of Scripture that is extremely deep and very challenging is the book of Romans because of all that Paul dealt with in those particular verses. And Many of the scriptures that we read are, they, they are mysteries to be unraveled or understood. And they are only understood through the inspiration of the Spirit. Many of the ancient writings were written uh, in, in riddle form to hide the meaning to the casual reader. And so you would have to study and read, not so God would hide that from you, but so that you would truly come to know what God 
was trying to say to us. And the Bible, without a doubt, is filled with many texts that require us to go deeper. To not just read on the surface, but to inquire of the Lord. Now what is it that you are speaking to me about concerning these verses? And in Genesis chapter 5, there is more than just a genealogy of Adam's race. There is more than just the naming of sons and grandsons and great-grandsons. There are ten names that are covered here in most of this particular chapter. And they cover a period of approximately 1,430 years. Those names are Seth, Enosh, Canaan, Mahalalel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, and Shem. Now the fascinating aspect about this list of names is when you look at the definition of each of those names and what they literally mean. And then when you take it in the order of their birth, they do more than just reveal a mystery. They form one of the most powerful sentences of all of Scripture. It is actually a message that God chiseled out over a long period of time and it is a message of one of hope and comfort to anybody that would read it. And I'm going to share with you a little bit of that message tonight. First of all, the name Seth means appointed. The word or the name Enosh in the Hebrew means mortal. The name Canaan means sorrow. The name Mahalalel means the blessed God. The name Jared means descended or came down. The name Enoch means teaching. The name Methuselah means his death shall bring. The name Lamech means strength. The name Noah means comfort. And the name Shem means name. Now when you take those names and you begin to put together the meaning of their names, you have this sentence. Seth, God has appointed that. Enosh, mortal man shall, Canaan, sorrow, but. Mahalalel, the blessed God, Jared, came down, Enoch, Teaching, Methuselah, his death shall bring, Lamech, strength, and Noah, comfort from his, or through his, and the name Shem means name. So putting all of that together, you have this one sentence. God has appointed that mortal man shall sorrow, but the blessed God came down teaching that his death shall bring strength and comfort through his name. Amen. 
Now listen to me, folks. If God would patiently take 1,400 years to chisel out that one simple yet profound message that God has appointed that mortal man shall sorrow, but the blessed God came down teaching that his death shall bring strength and comfort through his name. If God would take the patience to over 1,400 years chisel out of history through the medium of men's names one sentence of hope or one sentence of comfort that is promised to whoever reads that word and whoever believes on that name, then don't tell me that he doesn't know what you and I need in our time of trouble. Don't tell me that God doesn't know that you have a light bill that's due right now. If God would take 1,400 years to get through one message, and that one message is no matter how bad you've messed up, I've got an answer for your mess up. Don't tell me that God doesn't know that your baby is sick or your house is troubled. Don't tell me that God doesn't know that you need a job or you need an open door or you need an opportunity. Don't tell me that God doesn't know about my physical problems or my hurts. He knows what I'm going through right now. He knows where, where, where I'm going to be tomorrow. And He's already got an answer. He's taken years to chisel it out. If God would be that patient to work through men and their names to give us a message of hope, don't you think tonight that He's going to be that same way with you and I to get through to us that it's not over? That life may look impossible right now, but God said, I have an answer for you. God has an answer for your problems right now. Amen. Don't tell me he doesn't know what you need to help you right now. Don't tell me that he doesn't know about your financial distress or your family's trouble. And he stands ready and willing and able to help you to strengthen you and to comfort you with whatever you need. Because however you and I mess it up, God's already got a way to fix it up. Amen. Praise God. That's the whole message, folks. 1,400 years, God just patiently works to get a message through to us. I know what's going on in your life. I knew what was happening before it even happened. And I already have an answer for it. Then why should we be afraid tonight? Why should we come in? Listen to me, folks. How many of you have been saved? How many of you gave your life to God? You repented of your sin? You've been filled with hope? Now, let me ask you a question. How could we trust Him with the salvation of our soul, but we can't trust Him with our problems today? How is it? I mean, how many of you believe you're going to be saved? The Lord comes tonight, you're going to be saved. How many of you believe that? And you, some of you are not sure of that. I mean, if, if the Lord comes right now, I believe I'm going to be going. I believe this pulpit's going to be vacated. 
And yet at the same time, I come stumbling into church with my problems or I come stumbling through life with my disappointments and my hurts and I'm wondering, well, God, do you really know what's going on in my life? Do you know where I'm at? Do you know what's happening? Do you see those bills on my table? Do you see my checkbook? Folks, if God could be that patient and he would be that careful and meticulous to get that one message through, I wonder what kind of message God's trying to get through to us tonight. And the message is for all of us to know that he knows where we are and he's got an answer, he's got a solution, he's got a way out, he's got a way through, he's got a way over. I don't care what it looks like at the moment God said he's still working. It ought to make us trust him more. God wants you and I to know that there is hope. Amen. There is hope. God wants us to feel the comfort of the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. God wants us to feel the peace of His presence. Sometimes all you need to know is God is there. That's all you need to know is that God is there. If He's there, it doesn't matter what else is going on. Amen. My niece, Sherry, was when she was just a little child, I remember uh, we were at our home in Wichita Falls on Ridgeway, and there was one of those horrible, horrible, horrible North Texas storms that came in, lightning that would just completely light up the sky. And Sherry was sitting down on the floor playing dolls, and she was just absorbed. And Dad was in his recliner there in the corner, and we were in, all sitting around just trying to get through the night, lightning, rain as hard as it could rain. And all of a sudden, there was a clap of thunder and lightning that came. It was like it struck our front porch. And I'll never forget, Sherry never even took a step. She just leaped from sitting flat down on the floor up into my dad's lap and buried her face in his chest. And he put his big arms around her and that's all that mattered. It didn't matter that there was still lightning going on outside. It didn't matter that there was hail coming down. It didn't matter how bad it was raining. She was in a safe place. And that's how God wants you and I to feel when we come into His presence. He wants us to know it's going to be all right. Don't let that bother you. It's not going to destroy you. It may look like it, but it's not going to destroy you. I've got my hands around you and I'm going to keep you and I'm not going to let you down. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, God, help me tonight to learn how to trust you more. To learn to put those little things in your hands and know that if you would take 1,400 years to chisel out one sentence, but one message, God, if you would take that time, then certainly you would take time to help me. Amen. You would take time to walk with me through my valleys. You would take time to walk with me, walk with me through my troubles. You'll be with me, yea, not in one, but in all my troubles. Praise God. He'll go with me to the end of the world. Amen. He will go with me to the end of the world. And God just sent me tonight to tell somebody a very simple thing. God cares and God knows. Amen.
That's all you need to know. Amen. You can get up and go home and put it in God's hands. Why? Because God cares and God knows. But Brother Hughes, I've got to have an answer. Well, God's got an answer. Let Him get it through to you. Praise God. Just let Him get it through to you. And if you'll pay attention to Him and you'll read and you'll pour yourself in prayer into Him, He will pour Himself into you. Amen. Trouble is, too many of us want God to pour into us, but we don't want to pour anything into Him. Amen. God, help me to know how to trust you, to know how to lean upon you, to know that you are the one who plentifully supplies all our need according to your riches in glory. Did you hear what that verse said? That He supplies all our need. All our needs. That means big needs and little needs. That means those things that are important and those things that don't seem important, they matter to Him. Amen. They really do. They matter to Him. And so what He wants me to do is learn how to trust Him and learn how to walk with Him. You know, that's really the secret of living this life is just learning how to trust Him. Amen. Learning how to believe that He is able to do exceeding abundantly Above all that I ask or think. I want to ask you tonight. Is there anybody in this building that God's ever done anything for you that just literally blew your mind? Anybody? Would you stand up if you've had something like that? It just blew your mind. That's the only way you could describe it. It just blew your mind. Now, if he did it once, wouldn't he do it again? How many of you have ever been through a fire? I don't mean a literal fire, but a spiritual fire before. Anybody ever been in the furnace before? I'm not looking at your ghost tonight, so evidently you made it through. Amen. If God saw you through that, He'll see you through this. Amen. Trouble is, we just don't always believe what that book's telling us. And in one chapter, that boring chapter, God chiseled out a message. To let me know he cares. You ought to read all the book, folks. You ought to read all of it. Not just the part that you like, but read it all. Because there's a message in every word. And that message is God knows and God hears and God is there. Amen. Got any rivers that seem to be uncrossable? Got any mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in things called impossible. And He'll do for you what no one else can do. Why don't you take that problem, that trouble that's been vexing you all day and just lift it up to Him and say, God, this is, this is yours. I don't know how to do with it. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know what to say about it. I'm just going to trust you right now, God, to see me through. I don't see tomorrow. I can't even see my hand before my face right now. It's that black. It's that dark. But I know that you know. You know where I am. Your hand is upon me tonight. Praise God. 
He does know about those problems. He knows about the pressures. He knows about the perplexities. Amen. And he cares. He cares. Amen. Father, I want to thank you tonight for a wonderful and powerful message. A message that will get me through whatever I'm going through. That you have an answer for every one of my dilemmas. That there is nothing, nothing that I'm facing tonight that you've not had to face before. There's nothing, Lord, that any of us are going through right now that you've not already been through with somebody else. Lord, I believe you're going to take us through too. There's some folks here tonight, Lord, that are navigating some troubled waters. They're going through some very difficult times. But I feel your hand upon us right now. I believe you're going to get us through. I believe you're going to see us through. I really do, Lord. I believe that tonight what you want more than anything is for us just to trust you. Just to trust you.